Hello and welcome to episode 92 of One Man Watchpoint and Overwatch Podcast. Now this is of course a podcast where we talk about everything going on in the wonderful world of Overwatch. If you're a returning listener, thank you so much for coming back and joining me yet again. And if you're not, allow me to introduce myself. I'm your host, Sir Dr. JM. That's at Sir DRJM on all socials, but especially over on Twitter, where you can follow me, you can reach out to me, you can send me questions, topics, topics, so comments, whatever you've got. Uh, as it relates to Overwatch, as it relates to uh, Overwatch 2, the Overwatch league um blizzard games in general or just video games you know i'd love to talk about things discuss things if you've got a question or a topic or something for the show hit me up over on twitter at sir drjm you can dm me or you can just tweet at me whatever works best for you but enough with all that we've got a show to cover so let's get in there now you can of course find this podcast on all your favorite podcast services out there spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, etc etc so give us a follow leave us a review tell your friends and all that jazz and of course i also encourage you if you enjoy what you hear here, then check me out over on the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast, your premier source for everything Vancouver Titans and Toronto Defiant, uh, where we cover everything Canadian Overwatch League each and every week. And of course, uh, that podcast will be having a big episode soon as our Overwatch League Grand Champs are going to be crowned uh, in the coming weeks. But of course, we'll talk a little bit about that on today's episode. So without further ado, let's dive on in. I'm just getting started. All right, everybody. Our first note today is, of course, actually going to be a PSA. That's right. I don't often do these, but every now and then something comes up that I want to uh, make sure you're aware of. Of course, if you are a fan of Overwatch and uh, what's going on right now. So as you may already know, this past weekend was, of course, a double XP weekend in Overwatch 2. So what does that mean? Of course, that means you were earning double XP for every match played uh, and things that uh, you may have accomplished in the game. I know for myself, it was certainly a nice little boost to the Battle Pass progress. Of course, uh, I do have uh, the paid, the premium Battle Pass, so naturally I get that 20% extra juice plus the double XP boost on top of things so it was a good time um, I'm kind of finding that I am definitely working to min max the uh, the progression using those challenges that are available um, I don't mind it I do wish there was a little bit of you know some minor tweaks here and there to it that I think could just make it a, a bit more enjoyable um, but overall you know I, I did enjoy and take advantage of the double XP weekend so that double XP weekend has just concluded here but of course this upcoming weekend, we roll into another one. That's right, October 28th through October 31st. That's Halloween. We, of course, are getting another double XP weekend. And this is, of course, the second of three double XP weekends that Blizzard has promised us uh, to sort of make up for the challenges they faced during that first, you know, week, week and a half, maybe two weeks of launch. Um, I personally think that, uh, you know, this is probably the most beneficial thing they could do short of just giving people uh, Overwatch credits or, or coins or whatever the heck they're called these days um, so that you could, uh, you know, just directly buy things. Um, I do appreciate this, though. That's for sure. I think it's definitely a much needed boost to my battle, battle pass progression. So as I mentioned, uh, upcoming weekend here, October 28th through 31st, is another double XP weekend. And of course, the final one will be November 24th through 28th. And that is going to uh, be right at the end of this uh, season one of Overwatch 2's competitive sort of season and battle pass season. So keep your eye out for that third and final one. But this upcoming weekend, make sure you get in and get some matches there. Now, other than that, 
we don't have any more PSAs to cover, so let's move on to the news. So we're going to first head off to DottieSports.com with an article written by Dottie Sports staff. That's right, the entire staff came together and put their heads together for this article, uh, posted on October 18th, which reads, Mecca's launch Overwatch 2 meals with free in-game skin. So we're going to have a little bit of fun here with McDonald's. Time to gear up with a Big Mac. The Overwatch 2 meals are finally at your local Maccas with three epic meals to choose from. After years of waiting, Overwatch 2 is upon us. Introducing a slew of new characters, remix mechanics, and extra maps, the sequel to Blizzard's genre-defining esports shooter is set to take the world by storm in the coming months. As you grind out levels and unlock gear, costumes, and victory poses, you'll need some meals to keep you going. That's where Maccas comes in. To celebrate the release of the much-anticipated Overwatch 2, McDonald's Australia has partnered with Blizzard to create three Overwatch-themed meals. Available from October 19th to October 31st, customers can uh, sorry customers that grab an Overwatch 2 Big Mac, McChicken, or 10-piece Chicken McNuggets combo through the My Maccas app will receive a code for an exclusive Tracer Lightning skin. The steps are simple. Open the Macca's, My Macca's app. Sorry, I'm not used to calling it the My Macca's app. It's just the McDonald's app where I am. Select your Overwatch 2 meal and desired pickup location. Complete your purchase in-store, and then you'll receive an email with a unique code for the skin. Once you're at home, go to your Blizzard account, open the redemption page, and type in the Overwatch 2 code. You'll then have a brand new epic skin for Tracer. This promotion will be live across Macca's stores, all Macca's stores, that is, so you won't need to worry about participating retail locations. There is a limit of one code per transaction per customer, so you won't be able to stack codes with multiple meals. Quantities are limited, so make sure to order yours as soon as you can. Well, that was certainly written like a freaking press release. Um, I have to kind of assume that uh, uh, the press sites were, were sent this out in a promo blast, and they basically copy-pasted that into an article there. But nonetheless, cool to see this partnership. Great that you get a uh, Tracer skin. Um, it's kind of one of the older-style Tracer skins. I don't think it is really in her, her kind of new Overwatch 2 redesign style as much as I would have maybe hoped. Um, but overall, kind of a neat cross-promotion that I'm excited for and, and I think is cool. I do hope that it comes to North America so that, you know, I can be a sucker and get this as well. Um, certainly, they listed the three meals that I frequent when I do go to McDonald's. So, I have, you know, every faith I would be able to get it. It's just a question of, will it come across the seas? Moving on from there, we're going to get into some slightly more serious topics here with an article posted over on GG Recon, written by Sasha Yiska Heinish, posted on October 19th, which reads, Sources, impending Overwatch 2 balance patch, OWL, to play on new patch during playoffs. As an Overwatch League spokesperson confirmed to GG Recon, the Overwatch League is looking to deploy a balance patch onto the practice server for OWL teams on the evening of Monday, October 24th, ahead of the playoffs week starting on Sunday, October 30th. Teams have been informed about the contents of the patch Monday morning, October 17th. Teams from the APAC region will travel and arrive in Los Angeles on October 24th, while October 28th is the North is North America's travel day. The 29th of October will entail mandatory content production dates. Teams will have to attend, th though the rest of the day is available for practice. This leaves participating playoff teams with an approximate maximum amount of five practice days on the new balance patch. Owl team sources have alleged to GG Recon that the balance patch could have a considerable impact on the outcome of the playoffs. GG Recon is working on confirming the contents of the patch notes, and we expect an update soon. The Overwatch League responds. GG Recon reached out to the Overwatch League to, for comment and has been provided with the following statements by an Overwatch League spokesperson. Why has the League opted to introduce a balance patch prior to the start of playoffs? Quote, 
The league's goal has always been to mirror the live game as much as possible, and this is an effort to do just that. With Overwatch 2 in the hands of over 25 million players, it's critical for the league to be representative of the game being played by the community, and we're excited that our grandest stage will reflect that." End quote. Are there enough PPAs for all APAC teams during the week and for all participating playoff teams for Friday, October 29th, when the teams are present at the event location. Quote, yes, all teams have dedicated PPAs throughout the duration of their trip for the OWL playoffs and grand finals, end quote. Now, side note, I'm not actually sure what PPAs are. I think that's practice stations. Um, I think it's basically saying, will they be able to actually practice on this, or are they showing up with, you know, either their own laptops or their own equipment and that kind of thing. What team sources say? GG Recon asked individuals inside the Overwatch League for their opinion on the timing of the implementation of the patch and the impact they expect from the contents of the patch. The sources included players, coaching staff, and general managers who have been asked for anonymity to be able to share their opinion with GG Recon. The answers have been edited for clarity and brevity. How do you feel about the timing of the balance patch intended to go live October 24th? Quote, not ideal, but you always got to prepare for changes in an evolving game. End quote. There's another quote here. Quote, I think it's a crazy decision. Playoffs always tend to be on a new patch, but we normally at least get a few weeks to figure stuff out. If you consider the travel times, it's so much of a gamble, especially considering the changes feel very significant. The problem ultimately is whoever made the decision to push play-ins a week and play it on a different patch. Presumably, the new patch is in relation to trying to keep things fair for those teams. I think sometimes Blizzard doesn't consider how much this means to us and how important it is for our careers and lives, end quote. Here's another one, quote, It's unfortunate Blizzard decides to do it this way. This is just like whatever year they have bigger, more important agenda for the game becoming successful, so the schedule of the release of patches not complementing the competitive schedule is unfortunate but understandable, end quote. Now, throughout the article here. Yiska does have a couple more questions, and he does have a couple uh, uh, other quotes about how people feel, or, or about how uh, organizations, players, coaching staff, etc., etc., feel about this change. Um, I'm not going to go through them all, so definitely go check out this article. I will put a link to it in the description of this episode, so you can jump to it there. But jumping on in the article here, they do have an update. It says, sources have told GG Recon that the following patch notes have been shared with the OWL teams. Sombra, hackability lockout duration reduced from 1.75 to 1.5 seconds. Hacked enemies are no longer valid targets for hacking for the duration of the effect. Hack damage multiplier reduced from 40 to 25%. Genji, maximum ammo reduced from 30 to 24. Shuriken damage reduced from 29 to 27. Zarya, barrier duration reduced from 2.5 to 2 seconds. Barrier cooldown increased from 10 to 11 seconds. Diva fusion cannon spread increased from 3.5 to 3.75. Boosters impact damage reduced from 25 to 15. When asked for a comment on the validity of these patch notes, an Overwatch League spokesperson shared the following quote: "Patch details will be shared with the community ahead of the Owl playoffs." End quote. Update two: A prior version of the patch notes included errors; these have now been fixed. So there you go. Again, go check out this article to see all of the quotes that Yiska did manage to secure um, about how organizations and, and various members of those organizations are feeling about this patch being deployed when it is. Aside from that, though, I do want to break down some of these uh, patch notes because it does definitely, 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 definitely change things quite significantly for a number of teams in the playoffs. So First things first, we have Sombra. So our hack ability lockout duration being reduced. This is a big change. I know it, it may not seem as much because it's 
two of a second. Um, but in terms of the viability of Sombra, this is probably going to change things quite a bit because uh, especially in combination with the next two points. Of course, hacked enemies no longer valid targets for hacking, so you can't hack them again until that first hack expires. But then the hack damage multiplier reduced from 40 to 25%. That's the kicker kind of thing. Um, Sombra was looking quite overpowered, uh, especially in more casual play, I would say. Uh, if you were a decent Sombra, you could hack endlessly, basically, and your damage multiplier was so significant that as long as you could hold your shots on, on someone's head, you could pretty quickly take them out. So this is, of course, going to have pretty big repercussions for the uh, professional Overwatch League players. Um, we do see a number of teams that had been either trying to utilize Sombra um, or utilizing her quite a bit. You know, uh, Shanghai comes to mind. Um, even the Toronto Defiant come to mind in, in certain situations. I know Hisu did uh, jump on the Sombra every now and then. Um, you know, another team, although they're not going to playoffs, but the Washington Justice was trying to make Sombra work, although they looked quite poor. Uh, when they were playing with her in the comp, but they won't be going to playoffs anyway, so I digress on that one. Moving on from there, Genji, uh, obviously a little bit of a nerf to Genji. Um, I think they're probably just trying to increase the viability of some other heroes because we were seeing Genji played quite frequently. Um, I would expect that we will probably see teams playing with Tracer a little bit more, uh, whereas it was probably maybe a 70-30, maybe 65-35 split in favor of Genji. Um, uh, versus Genji versus Tracer, that is. I do think we'll probably see that even out a little bit more, probably see a little more Tracer come into play, maybe a 60-40 kind of thing, maybe 55-45 even. Um, Genji is still quite viable in this meta, so I wouldn't be too surprised to see him still coming out to play. Moving on from there, the Zarya nerfs. This is kind of a big one, because Zarya we were really seeing was quite dominant. Um, and this also will actually come into play with the, the D.Va uh, buffs. Well, sort of buffs. Um, so, of course, Zarya was heavily being played, and Zarya was a powerhouse, right? Um, especially, again, in the lower ranks of competitive that I play, if you had a decent Zarya, you would win. It was all but guaranteed. Um, as long as your healer uh, had any brain on, on their shoulders, um, Zarya was almost impossible to take down. Um, and, of course, as long as Zarya knew what they were doing with their bubbles. Now, the bubbles are, of course, being reduced from 2.5 to 2 seconds. That's a pretty significant nerf, where... Where Sombra's hack was going down by 0.2 of a second, this is going down by a whole half a second. Um, so those barriers, those bubbles, are not going to last uh, nearly as long as they did previously. And of course, you're not going to be able to use them as frequently either because the cooldown is going up from 10 to 11 seconds. So I think we're going to see Zarya um, quite a bit less, and we're probably going to see, you guessed it, D.Va coming back into play. Now, D.Va had been a semi-viable pick. Um, I think we were seeing certain teams make diva work in certain situations um you know the the philadelphia fusion come to mind with with poco jumping in on the diva even space coming in on uh the los angeles gladiators um side of things and and making the diva work for them but ultimately the fusion cannon spread being increased i don't think does increase damage too much it's increased by again point point two of a of a meter i guess um, so damage spread being increased from 3.5 to 3.75. It does increase her spread, so it'll be a little bit harder to get out of that fusion cannon uh, uh, spread kind of thing. Um, but then the booster impact damage being reduced, you know, how much 
damage are you really doing with the boosters? You're usually using that to close a gap or or zone someone or even uh, push someone off of off of uh, you know your target or or another target or something like that. So does this really make Diva that much more viable? I don't know, but I think in combination with the Zarian nerfs, it's probably going to mean we do see a little bit more Diva. So. There you have it. That's that's kind of my read on these patch notes. Um, I do think they're they're pretty significant, honestly. Um, it is four characters being either you know, I would say they're all pretty well being nerfed, with the exception of maybe of of Diva getting a little bit of a buff there, but overall it's probably kind of a net neutral kind of thing with Diva. Um, but these four were very popular picks at this point right i would assume sombra and uh and genji are probably two of the most picked uh, heroes in in the pro ranks at this stage um tracer is probably up there as well along with sojourn and i'm a little bit surprised we don't see a sojourn nerf i know a lot of people are calling for a sojourn nerf but ultimately that's that's obviously not happening right now um and then of course two of the most popular tanks or, or most viable tanks at least uh in zarya and diva so there you have it that's kind of my read on the patch notes, uh, just going off my gut. But I think overall the biggest takeaway from that article is that, you know, they're doing it yet again. Um, I think at the start of the season they had sort of promised that uh, these these uh, these major kind of tweaks and patches in terms of uh, characters and, and things like that weren't going to happen during a uh, tournament cycle it would always be uh during the 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 gap in between and so far they've really stuck to that with the exception of a few bug fixes and things like that but um this one coming in just before playoffs i think really is kind of i don't know i i could understand why these organizations would feel a little bit burned by this decision because realistically they were told this wasn't going to happen this kind of thing wasn't going to happen and teams probably had strats and and you know, big plans for how they would play the meta and what they would do against other teams, certain counter strats and things like that, knowing how other teams play. And a lot of that is just out the window. Um, I know they had already announced that there would be a patch to bring Kuriko into the mix, which even that was a little bit of a shocking move and a little bit of a, um, a little bit of a stunner, a little bit of a, uh, a little bit disappointing to a lot of people because that does again throw another wrench into the works. But at the same time, introducing a new character, um, you know, unless they're extremely overpowered, which so far hasn't, I think, been the overall consensus around Kuriko. Um, generally speaking, again, unless they're extremely overpowered, you just won't see them too much because teams don't want to play them because they're not a comfort pick. But, you know, if we look back at characters like uh, Sigma or Echo, of course, when they came in, both of them were extremely overpowered and the teams that could quickly learn to play them the best were the teams that were pretty reasonably the most dominant so anyways that's what we have there let's move on for now we're gonna head on over again to dotesports.com this time with an article written on october 20th by liz richardson which reads overwatch league's postseason perks feature community artists every year the overwatch league puts out extra special extra special that is perks for the postseason to draw viewers in and reward those who will clock tons of hours watching their favorite teams chase grand finals glory for the fifth finals the league invited several community artists to pitch in and create new cosmetics for the event from october 30th to november 4th overwatch league viewers can earn various rewards through their postseason perks program just by watching the playoffs on youtube with their battle.net accounts connected they won't even have to type exclamation drops in chat every five seconds to get new icons skins and overwatch league tokens 
Every three hours of watch time will unlock three skins for various Overwatch 2 heroes, giving everyone the chance to rack up basic Overwatch League skins, even if they've just hopped into the sequel's free-to-play action. Skins for the game's newest heroes, Junker Queen, Sojourn, and Kuriko can be unlocked on November 4th during the Grand Finals broadcast. Community artists A2 Zeigler, Chopsajen, and Hysteric Rain designed a series of player icon sprays and new name card for viewers to earn in addition to the Overwatch League skins. These handmade designs include a set of Grand Final sprays, icons of the year's Overwatch League tournament skins, and an electric pulse pistol name card. Five Overwatch League tokens will be granted per hour per hour watched, sorry, which will add up quickly considering the number of games played during the playoff period. So they've then of course got the breakdown of how that works. So essentially I encourage you to go look this up because it's going to make a lot more sense if you see it in the chart. But essentially, it lays out during the playoffs, if you watch for a number of hours, here are the three skins you get. And in some cases, there is an extra that you also get. So for example, if you watch three hours of playoff action and your uh, battle.net account is connected to your YouTube account, you will, of course, get the Tracer, Genji, and Bastion Overwatch League skins. And in addition to that, you also get a Grand Finals 1 spray. So then that was three hours. If you move up to six hours watched, you get a Mercy May Hanzo skin, plus a Zulong player icon. If you move up to nine hours watched, you get Ana, Brigitte, and Brigitta, sorry, and Zenyatta, and then a Luchador player icon, etc., 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 and so on and so forth, until you reach 30 hours of playoff action watched. That's right. Over the course of, I think it's four, maybe five days, if you watch 30 hours of the Overwatch League, you will earn a skin for just about every single character, plus in some cases, you know, a uh, an additional player icon or a spray. Um, Lucio Dance Party emote is one of them at 24 hours watched. And of course, if you do reach 30 hours, you get 100 league tokens as well. Now that's not all, they actually have some additional perks here because if you watch the Grand Finals, if you watch for half an hour, you'll get a Grand Finals 2 spray. If you watch for one hour, you'll get a Sojourn skin plus the Pulse Pistol name card. And if you watch two hours, you'll actually get the Junker Queen and Kuriko skins. So if you watch those 30 hours of playoffs plus two hours of Grand Finals, you will actually earn a skin for every single character in the game. Um, if you haven't seen these skins, uh, they're, they're not anything too exciting. Um, they are... They are mostly just a recolor of the sort of default skin for the character, but it's kind of a fancy uh, recolor because it is a, a Overwatch League branded and stylized kind of skin. Um, so th they're actually pretty decent. I do have a couple of them just because they have offered some of these um, in the past over, over other events of watching contenders and things like that. Actually, I think watching contenders, you actually earned contenders themed skins. I digress. I have a number of them already, but... Let's continue with the article. Most of the perks will be unlocked through pure watch time during playoff games, which run from October 30th through November 3rd. The pistol, the pulse pistol name card, the second half of the grand final spray, and skins for the new heroes can be earned during the grand finals broadcast on November 4th, as I already mentioned. West region plans for the postseason begin on October 21st at 2 p.m. CT, as the four remaining teams fight for the final two spots in the double elim bracket, a playoff bracket. Now, of course, we've already seen those because I am recording on October 24th and that mentioned October 21st so there you have it a whole bunch of stuff you can earn there now I do want to jump over to the actual official Overwatch League website where I can cover a little bit more about what you've got here so the Overwatch League website reads like this 
Fans who have linked their Battle.net accounts can enjoy matches and earn in-game perks throughout the entire week of the playoffs and grand finals from October 30th through November 4th. Earn 5 league tokens per hour for every hour watched. Earn 3 Overwatch League home and away skins for every 3 hours watched, up to 30 hours. See the chart below for a full list of earnable skins, including the newest Overwatch 2 heroes, Sojourn, Junker Queen, and Kuriko. Additionally, custom community-designed Overwatch 2 cosmetics will be dropped after specific viewership milestones. So again, just highlighting uh, the skins that you get there. As they mentioned, they actually kind of lay it out here. Home and away skins for every 3 hours watched, up to 30 hours. So that means... You not only get a Tracer, Genji, and Bash, Bastion Overwatch League skin, you get a Tracer, Genji, Bastion, Home, and Away skin. So actually, rather than just three skins for three hours, you're getting six skins for three hours. So then, again, for each of those that I listed before, you're not just getting a Home skin, you're also getting an Away skin. Sorry, I knocked the desk there. Um, and then, of course, it is also important to highlight that you get five Overwatch League tokens per hour for every hour watched. They then thank the artists there. They've actually here on the Overwatch League site got those uh, special rewards that you can earn. So the name card, the, the Pulse Pistol name card, plus the player icons, um, plus the sprays, and then again, that skin breakdown that I already covered. Um, go check out the name card. If you ask me, it is a sick name card. I'm actually very impressed with it. Um, I'm very much looking forward to displaying that. Um, and overall, I think one thing that I'm really starting to see with Overwatch 2 already, which is great because we're, what, three weeks in, um, I feel like we're already seeing them really take advantage of the fact that people want to earn sort of limited edition cool things that someone may see and go, oh, that's cool, I wonder how you got that. Or um, that you may see another player with and go, oh man, that's cool, I wish I had that, or I know how they got that, or I have that too, that's cool, kind of thing. Um, for me personally, if I see someone else with the Pulse Pistol name card, I'm going to be like, oh yeah, you're an Overwatch League fan, that's, that's cool, like me too, kind of thing. Um, even now, when I see someone with a player icon, and it is a San Francisco Shock one, or a Toronto Defiant one, or just an Overwatch League one, or something like that, I see that, and I feel sort of a, sort of a, I don't know what to call it, a kinship with that person. I, I think, oh, that's cool. I know you're a fan of the Philadelphia Fusion. Maybe they have a Philly Fusion uh, player icon. I have seen that before. Um, or, you know, hitting a little closer to home, if I see a Vancouver Titans one, uh, I see that and I go, oh, dude, like, yeah, fellow Titans fan. You know, I mean, I'm a Titans fan casually, but I digress. Um, I think that is cool. And I think that's really what they're going for here, you know, you will see players with the Zulong player icon, the Luchador player icon, the Royal Knight player icon, the Happy player icon, the Clockwork player icon, the Owl Turns 5 player icon. And you'll know if you're an Overwatch League fan that they got that because of watching the Overwatch League. Other players won't. They might see that and go, wow, I wonder how the person got that. Um, but ultimately that Pulse Pistol name card, that's the one where I'm like, that's going to be the big one where it's like, oh, okay, not everyone's going to have that because that requires you to, of course watch grand finals and you know at least an hour of grand finals um and and that's kind of the the final reward there now more people are probably going to tune in for grand finals than some of these other uh these other ones but ultimately i think that's probably the coolest one i'm curious to see what this lucio dance party emote one is um i'm not sure if uh what that one is but i may have just bought it um it might be that that one with where he whips out the little 
it totally is dang it's the one where he whips out the the dj booth and i did definitely just buy that recently because i thought eh, what the heck I actually was worried that it was gonna disappear from the store when when overwatch 2 came out so i did purchase it but anyways who 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 cares let's let's move on all right now next thing we're gonna talk about here after i hydrate of course is going to be the return of the halloween terror event so let's stick with .esports.com, and we're going to head over to an article written on October 24th by Harrison Thomas and Jessica Sharnagel, which reads, All new Overwatch 2 Halloween skins for the Junkenstein's Revenge Wrath of the Bride event. Overwatch 2's Halloween season is almost upon us with the spooky event providing some hor horrifying cosmetics for fans to enjoy. The Blizzard developers have already graced fans with new cosmetics after an absolutely shocking title launch, and these new skins now bring in the next era of Overwatch 2 in October, potentially with less frustration and more scary fun. Among the list of new cosmetics, the Halloween event features a new PvE game mode for the fans uh, sorry, for fans to enjoy, titled Junkenstein's Revenge, Wrath of the Bride. The colorful Halloween seasonal event begins on October 25th and runs until November 8th. The event was hinted at in a blog post by the Overwatch 2 developers on September 15th and confirmed a day before the event on October 24th. And, of course, Overwatch 2 fans are set to get Halloween skins. What skins are coming in Overwatch 2's Halloween event? Images have been surfacing on Twitter showcasing the sh upcoming skins in this year's event. The Overwatch Nary Twitter account shared some of the upcoming cosmetics, saying, quote, A new horror is coming to Overwatch 2. The heroes getting new skins in Blizzard's sequel include Junker Queen, Kiriko, Reaper, and Sojourn. So they've then, of course, got the uh, got a little bit of an image gallery in the article there where they show off these skins. Um, I believe as of recording, these skins have officially been announced and named, so I can actually go through some of them. Um, there's a Junker Queen one. I believe the Junker Queen one is called uh, Junker Queen Executioner or Junker Executioner, something to that extent. Um, this one is pretty sick, if you ask me. It's a very gothic-looking uh, sort of executioner-styled skin. Although, of note, is, of course, the fact that they did not hide Junker Queen's infamous abs. Uh, the, the glory that they, they possess shines through the skin. They then, of course, have the... Uh, what was the Kariko one called? I can't quite remember. Um, the Kariko Witch skin we'll call it um a pretty cool one i must admit although i was a little bit confused when i first caught a glimpse of it thinking it was the mercy witch skin again just on a different character um but it is a little more stylized um i i almost it comes across to me as a little more mage like uh, but that's probably just because it has a bit of a crooked hat instead of a traditional witch's hat but i digress there it is um and then of course they do show off the the sojourn one as well which uh is more of the cyberpunk theme fitting with uh uh, maybe fitting with uh, the cyberpunk theme of the season, um, you know, like it could be considered more of a detective kind of look, but uh, it's a cool one as well. Let's move on with the article or continue on. Winston's werewolf skin is coming back as a free unlockable reward for watching streams, and Sojourn is channeling a noir detective in their new Halloween look. There you go. There's the Sojourn one. Meanwhile, Junker Queen embraces her Australian heritage with a Mad Max style design, and Kariko keeps things simple as a witch. A new skin design that is sure to be. A hit. The upcoming Overwatch 2 event could lead the game on the right path since the launch struggled to keep fans even remotely happy. The opening weeks were plagued with issues after blah 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 blah. Okay, I'm not going to read the last little bit of the article there because she's just talking about the problems that the game has had, which we've covered extensively. Now, 
Um, as I mentioned there, if you're curious, go check out these skins because they are pretty cool. Um, although she mentions that the uh, Australian Heritage one for Junker Queen is, is an Australian Heritage Junker thing. It's not. It's an executioner. It's in the name. Um, but I don't know if the name, if Jessica Sharnagel knew the name here when she wrote the article, although I believe it was also Thomas something as well. Harrison Thomas, that's what it was. Anyways, uh, that's what we're looking at there. The, the, um, the, the, the Kiriko one is pretty cool. It's got some neat effects on it, that's for sure, um, and a nice little broomstick as well. So there you have it. That's the Junkenstein's Revenge, Wrath of the Bride rewards. Um, also neat to point out there that uh, they are doing more drops on Twitch. Um, really encouraging people to watch the game on Twitch, of course, which I've earned all of the rewards thus far. Um, let me tell you, it's easy to just put on Twitch on a device and just leave that device plugged in and let it collect you some rewards. Uh, that's what I've done, uh, although I do, you know, watch the streams as well. But it's easy to, uh, easy to let that play and you will get your rewards. Now then, let's head on over to overwatch.blizzard.com with an article posted on October 24th, which reads, Earn rewards watching your favorite Overwatch 2 streamers. Now, as I just mentioned, this is actually going to talk about the stuff that I just talked about. So, the article reads, It's been nearly three weeks since Season 1 dropped, and we've welcomed over 20 million players to Overwatch 2 in the time between. The season has introduced new heroes, maps, cosmetics, and we want to keep the fun going with Twitch drops throughout the rest of the season. We've just completed our campaign for Kiriko drops, including a new legendary skin, and millions of drops have been given away to players worldwide. This response has been so huge that we're bringing in more drops for everyone to collect. Starting tomorrow, October 25th, 11 a.m. PST through November 6th, 11 a.m. PST, players will have the chance to collect the Werewolf Spray and Legendary Skin for Winston from the Halloween Terror Collection. You'll need to watch for two hours to get the Werewolf Spray, and then another four hours, a total of six hours, to earn the Werewolf Winston Legendary Skin. We hope you have a howling good time as you watch your favorite creators take on the Bride of Junkenstein or continue to climb the ranks of competitive play. We're not done yet, though, because we're raising a toast to celebrate the inaugural season of Overwatch 2. Interesting. We'll have two brand new rewards to give away as drops starting on Thursday, November 15th. Cheer on your favorite creators as they fight for glory, and you'll earn the Reinhardt Mug Souvenir after two hours of watch time. Your continued support will earn the Brigitte Kitten Weapon Charm after three more hours of watch time. And they've then got uh, images of both included there. To participate, you must link your Twitch account at account.battle.net slash connections. If you have changed your password or made any changes to either account, you will want to relink your account. When you relink, there will be a seven-day cooldown before you can relink a new Twitch account. After you've claimed your rewards on Twitch, please make sure you're logging into the region you'd like to receive the drops on, as the first region you log into will be where we deliver your items. It can take up to 24 hours to receive your rewards in-game after claiming. More information on earning and claiming Twitch drops can be found here and then they've got a bit of a fac uh, where they just list out some basic questions about collecting rewards earning rewards giving rewards etc etc so cool stuff here um as i mentioned this this did cover the winston uh the werewolf winston skin that i mentioned there but it also talks a little bit about some additional upcoming drops that they're doing uh and again this is where i i mentioned you know i'm really pleased with how they're doing this stuff uh i'm really excited to see that they are encouraging you know uh, this this streamer community and everything and they're giving rewards for doing it right um you know just 
just because you're watching someone play Overwatch, you earn a couple little things that, you know, someone else might see in your game and go, that's neat, where'd you get that? Um, although I don't think the souvenirs have really been as much of a hit as they maybe wanted. Uh, I really don't see anybody using them in game. Um, I'm a fan of the weapon charms. I want to collect more weapon charms. I want to get some exclusive and elusive weapon charms. And I definitely want to stack those on uh, on my certain characters and things like that. Um, I did get the Kuriko one already. Kuriko one, one, ones, one. I know there's, there's a, the donut one was the one that I got. And uh, I'm happy to have that one. Um, and then on top of that, you know, unlocking a legendary skin. I'm never going to complain about that. I actually don't think I have this Winston, Werewolf Winston skin. Um... I tend to rock the Gargoyle skin, which was a previous Halloween event skin for Winston, uh, or, of course, the Yeti skin when the winter season rolls around. Uh, but overall, this werewolf one is a pretty cool one. So with that, that's actually going to bring us to the end of our news segment of the show. So that's been the news. Um, if you are aware of any other things that may have happened around the wonderful world of Overwatch, uh, hit me up on Twitter. That's at SirDRJM. You can send me uh, send me links because I do prefer to source what I get, as you have probably noticed from listening. Um, I like to give credit where credit is due. And of course, uh, there are, you know, I'm, I'm not actually making any of these news stories. I'm just collecting them from around the web for your listening pleasures. Now, let's move on. And we'll head over to talk a little bit Overwatch League action. No lying down on the job! Okay, so first things first, we're going to recap this past weekend's matches in the Overwatch League. Of course, it was Friday, October 21st, and Saturday, October 22nd that we saw games. We did only see games in the West region, that is the uh, primarily North American or the North American slash European region. Um... And that is because the APAC region or the Eastern region where we see the um, um, Chinese and Korean teams compete uh, did finish up their play and their season the week prior. But we had these play-in matches. Now, these play-in matches were to ultimately determine the two final teams that would make it into playoffs. So, of course, we had the Boston Uprising. We had the Washington Justice. We had the Florida Mayhem, and we had the Toronto Defiant. Now, anyone who has watched the season of the Overwatch League and followed it as closely as someone like myself or someone like uh, any of my co-hosts over on the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast do... I think we all had a pretty good idea which two teams were the dominant forces here. Um, and, you know, if I, uh, not to toot my own horn here, but I had predicted things incredibly correctly. I definitely suspected the two winningest teams to come out on top, um, one of them being more dominant than the other, uh, as well as the, the third team that, you know, did win a match, but unfortunately uh, did not manage to secure their spot in the playoffs. Um, I did predict that they would be the third place team as well. So let's break down these matches real quick here. We won't go into too much detail because let's be honest, we're moving into playoffs, baby. And that's what everyone cares about. So first things first, on Friday, October 21st, we saw the Boston Uprising taking on the Florida Mayhem and the Florida Mayhem 3-0'd the Boston Uprising. That's right. Florida Mayhem came out in a dominant powerhouse fashion to shut down the Boston Uprising. Now, this was a little bit disappointing to see Boston look as scrambled as they did. Uh, they really did not look like they were playing with any know-how of what to do to overcome the Florida Mayhem. Um, I, I really... It really looked like they struggled. It was kind of hard to watch. And it was a bit of a speed run on the part of the Florida Mayhem. Moving on from there, our other Friday 
October 21st match, was the Washington Justice taking on the Toronto Defiant. And yet again, very one-sided. The Toronto Defiant managed to squash the Washington Justice in a 3-0 fashion. That's right, we kicked off the weekend with two 3-0 matches. Again, Florida and Toronto both looking dominant, both looking solid. Um, and ultimately, again, if you ask me, expected outcome. Moving on from there, we moved on to our first, our, our, our winner's round match on Saturday, October 22nd. Now, this match was, of course, to secure your playoff spot. So whichever team wins this match between the Toronto Defiant and the Florida Mayhem is going to playoffs. Let's take a quick peek at what the scoreline actually looked like. Things started off on Oasis, with Toronto managing to take the control map 2-0. Toronto came out dominant fashion. Florida looked good. They, they looked decent, that's for sure. But ultimately, Toronto just managed to secure the point and uh, control the play a little bit more. They showed a little bit more aggression, if you ask me. And it really played in their favor and they took the map 2-0. After that, though, it was all Florida. So we go to Eichenwald, where Florida takes it 2-1. We then go to Circuit Royale, where Florida takes it 2-1. And then finally, we end things out on Coliseo with Florida taking it 1-0. Again, uh, after that control map, it was all Florida. Um, Toronto showed a little bit of aggression. You know, there were times where it looked like, okay, this could be close. Okay, Toronto's doing the right thing. Okay, Toronto's making a play here. But ultimately, Florida looked like the better team. Their players were popping off and just pulling in the clutch uh, and, and really showing up. Uh, between Hydron on the Sojourn, uh, Checkmate on the Genji, someone on the Zarya, they were playing out of their minds, and they were doing very well. Toronto not looking as impressive, and that's why the Florida Mayhem secured their spot in the playoffs. Now that of course means that Toronto had to then go to the losers bracket final, but we still had another match to to take on before that. So again, Saturday, October 22nd, we saw the Boston Uprising take on the Florida Mayhem. And this time, Boston manages to come out 3-0 against the Washington Justice. Did I say Florida Mayhem? I may have said Florida Mayhem prior. I meant Boston Uprising take on the Washington Justice. Anyways, I don't, I don't recall what I said. Um, in this match, it was a 3-0 in favor of Boston. And this time, Boston looking like just the better team. Uh, Washington really did come out. I, I almost said Florida again. Washington did come out with some very strange looks that they had tried against Toronto as well and just really didn't work out. Um, again, Washington was one of those teams trying to run the... I want to say they were playing Tracer Sombra. Uh, I could be wrong about the Tracer, but they were playing Sombra. And for some reason, they just could not make it work. And it looked bad and it looked bad when they played it against toronto it looked bad when they played it against the boston uprising so i don't truly know why they did that but washington bye bye get out of here you're not going to playoffs thank goodness i still hold a grudge against washington because of their 30-day decay signing that managed to uh, secure them a spot in the playoffs once upon a time now Let's move on from there. Because, of course, that means that the Boston Uprising were going to be taking on the Toronto Defiant, as I knock things over on my desk, in the loser's bracket final to determine who goes to playoffs. And although I think Boston stood a slight chance against Toronto, I think it was maybe 90-10 in my mind. If I'm being generous, it was 80-20. Um, I wouldn't go 85-15. I would go 80-20 or 90-10. I think most people would have predicted Toronto in this matchup, and ultimately Toronto was the better team. They did squash the competition in a 3-0 manner, and Toronto moves on to the playoffs. So 
there you have it. That was our play-in weekend. Um, we now know that the Toronto Defiant and the Florida Mayhem were the ones to advance to the playoffs. And that, of course, brings us to our pickums. So now we get to take a look at predicting the entire playoff bracket and who is gonna take it all home. Take the the big, the grand final, the the the, the take all the marbles, take the juice and drink it or something. Okay, so first things first. On Sunday, October 30th, that's right. I want to be clear here because this did throw me for a bit of a loop. I'm just gonna pull up a calendar here. Actually, it's probably easier if I pull up a calendar on my phone. Bear with me while I pull up a calendar on my phone. Okay, calendar is up on my phone. So important, important, important to note, the playoffs start on Sunday. This is Sunday, October 30th. We're going to have one, two, a three, four matches on Sunday. That means we're probably going to be watching Overwatch League action from, and now these times will be in Mountain Time because they are local to me. Um, so, you know, subtract one if you are Pacific and add a bunch if you're not. I, I don't want to do your time zone math for you. You can look it up yourself. Let me move on. Matches start at 3.30 p.m. So it is a bit of a late start. And that is because, of course, all teams are going to be in LA for, uh, or sorry, in Anaheim for the grand finals, um, all teams competing in playoffs. But here's what it looks like. Matches start at 3.30 p.m., then they go 5 p.m., 6.30 p.m., and 8 p.m. That's right, we're going to be watching the Overwatch League till the wee hours of the night, that's for sure. And if you are on an Eastern time zone, whoo, baby, you are watching till the wee hours of the morning, that's for sure. So I'm glad uh, I am glad I am where I am because th th that's a pretty late start for four matches. Four matches can easily, you know, if these take two hours each, you know, instead of an hour and a half or in some cases two and a half hours, these will be going long. I'm, I'm moving on. Four matches on Sunday, October 30th. We then have four matches on October 31st. That's right, Halloween, we have four matches. Uh, let's take a look here. We then move on to November 1st, which is, of course, a Monday, where we have another four matches. Then we move to November 2nd, where we have another four matches. That's right, we have four matches each and every day for the first three days of these finals. Then we move on to... Uh, oh, is there no matches Tuesday? Oh, no, I missed it. There's the Tuesday matches. <laughs> Sorry. Then we move on to Thursday, where we have... Thursday, November 3rd, we have three matches, of course. Nope, we have four matches. We have four matches on Thursday as well. Holy cow. There's a lot of matches here. And then, finally, uh, we move on to the fourth, where we will have only two matches. This is, of course, our elimination round final match. That is our elimination round five and our grand finals match. And, of course, grand finals match is first to four, so... That's a look at the bracket overall, but let's look at who's actually playing and let's make some selections here, baby. Let's choose some winners. So winners round one, we've got the Philadelphia Fusion taking on the London Spitfire. Now I'm going to drag up on my other screen here. I'm going to drag up the current standing so I can get a gauge of where some of these teams sit. So of course we've got the London Spitfire sitting in sixth overall in the West with 14 and 10. And then we've got the Philly Fusion in third in the East with 11 and 13. So London having the better record, um, ultimately points-wise though, London has 16 points and Philly has 15. So not too much separating the two teams there. So which team is the better team? That is the ultimate question. Let's take a look here. Honestly, the, the interesting thing is I think London is probably the more well-rounded team. 
I think overall, they're the more synergistic team. They're the team that has made it happen this season against all odds. Whereas I think Philly, although they have some all-star DPS players for certain, um, you know, that's that's no secret. Uh, Zest and MN3 have been incredible this season for them and uh, really difference makers uh, on their team. I don't know that we really and truly have a as well-rounded a team as the London Spitfire. Now, I'm shocked to hear myself say that, given I think myself included, most of us ranked London very low on our power rankings. But I think I have to give this to the London Spitfire. Um, I could see the Philadelphia Fusion, you know, being a tough opponent. Um, like I say, they've got some very good, uh, very good DPS players. Um, you know, even even their support line isn't too bad. Aim God is certainly a great support player. Um, I'm not too sure about their tank line. Whereas the London Spitfire, I think just between, you know, Hadi pulling out all the stops on tank and really impressing this season... Um, between their DPS really stepping up and even their supports really coming together and making it work, I'm going to have to give it to London. Now, the, the caveat to all of this is I've watched a lot more uh, West region than I have East region, right? Most of my East region knowledge comes from the internet and, you know, other shows that I listen to where they talk about how good the Philadelphia Fusion are. I have watched a little bit, and I do certainly see that uh, MN3 and Zest get talked about a lot. But I think it seems to me like the London Spitfire are the more well-rounded team. So I'm taking London over Philly in this first round. Our next match after that is at 5 p.m. And it's going to be the Shanghai Dragons taking on the Hangzhou Spark, where Shanghai's going to... I'm putting it as a 3-0, I think. There's no doubt in my mind that's what happens there. Then, of course, the Atlanta Rain take on the Florida Mayhem. Let's take a peek here at the standings for those two teams. Holy cow, where the heck did my standings go? There we go. So here's what's interesting about this. The Atlanta Reign have been one of the more consistent teams this season in terms of their record, that's for sure. If I'm not mistaken, they missed out on the Summer Showdown Tournament Finals, but other than that, they've made it into every single one. Now, if I look at the 2022 regular season standings for Atlanta, they're in fifth place with 13 and 11. Meanwhile, the Florida Mayhem are in seventh with a almost even record of 12 and 12, matching the Toronto Define in eighth, but anyways. Um... The Atlanta Rain, Gator and Hawk on tank, Kai and Venom, Nero and Speedily, OG, Ultraviolet, Vigilante, versus the Florida Mayhem with someone, Hydron, Checkmate, Animo, Majed, and RuPaul. Honestly, I like the Florida Mayhem a lot. I think the problem is every time I bet against Atlanta, Atlanta manages to clutch it out. Florida could be the underdog in this in this um, playoff run. You know, as much as I want it to be the Toronto Defiant, I think Florida is the better team amongst the two of them, and I think Florida has the the gumption and the the power to muscle their way through more than the Toronto Defiant. So I'm actually going to put Florida taking the win here, three two. It's been a while since we've seen the Atlanta Rain play, and actually I'm curious now. I'm very curious to check on Atlanta's last few matches. Let's see what they what their record was in the summer show. No, not in the summer showdown, sorry. In the Countdown Cup qualifiers. Okay, so I pulled it up, and they actually went 4-2 and two in the Countdown Cup qualifiers. They tied their record. Uh, sorry, Boston actually had the same record, 4-2. and two. Atlanta had a little bit of a tougher schedule than Boston, though, so there's that. 
Um, realistically, you could probably call Atlanta third. You know, they're only one diff map differential point away from being that third place where Boston is. Behind the Dallas Fuel, who went 5-1, and one, and the Los Angeles Gladiators, who went 6-0. and oh. Now, if I look at their two most recent matches, they haven't played since October 8th, which is pretty crazy to think about. They played on October 8th and 9th, sorry. Um, so that was week 23, but that was a while ago. And on top of that, the two teams they played, first, they got, well, actually, second, they got 3 one by the Dallas Fuel. But before that, they squeaked out a win over the Florida Mayhem 3-2. This match is one to watch, if you ask me. I think this could really be a bit of a toss-up. So I'm going to follow my gut and stick with the Florida 3-2. I could see Atlanta coming out strong, though, but I'm going to stick with it and say Florida 3-2. After that, we have the Toronto Defiant. This is at 8 p.m. Mountain Time, so uh, 7 p.m. Pacific and whatever if you're in an eastern region. You remember me saying that already. We then have the Toronto Defiant taking on the Houston Outlaws. And in this match, of course, you will recall... Uh, the Toronto Defiant managing to pull out a win against the Houston Outlaws, who had previously looked quite strong. I'm going to hold the faith and say Toronto takes this. Ooh, is it 3-1 or 3-2? I'm going to say it's a 3-1. I'm going to follow my gut and say 3-1. Although I do think Houston could get that second map and bring it at a 3-2. I'm going to say that Toronto takes this 3-1. I got to follow my follow my heart and and you know have the faith in the toronto defiant they are they are my team going into this playoff run if they drop out it's going to be the florida mayhem if they drop out man i don't know maybe i'll cheer for paris or something but anyways that's going to be our first round of matches so that's winners round one all those matches were winners round one we then move to winners round two of course on monday october 31st now this bracket or, or this winners round two is of course where our top teams land so that is of course the dallas fuel the soul dynasty the san francisco shock and the los angeles gladiators so once all matches are done on sunday october 30th those teams i just mentioned already have their times that they're playing and they actually get to select a team out of the four teams that win in winners round one so i believe these are seated or or showing up on the pickums appropriately as to where they are ranked uh, meaning that this is the order they get to pick in. Um, I will double check that. So we've got Dallas and San Francisco with 26 points. We've got Seoul with 25. And then Gladiators with 25 as well. And Seoul has a better map differential than Glad's. So I think... Uh, let's see here. I think it will be Dallas selecting first. Actually, I think it's Dallas selects first. Then I think San Francisco. Then it would be Seoul. Then the Glad's. So that's the order I'm going to go in. Uh, I hope that's correct because this could change, you know, based on which teams are already picked. So the Dallas Fuel then have to choose from the London Spitfire, the Shanghai Dragons, the Florida Mayhem, and the Toronto Defiant. And unfortunately, I think they, I think they choose the Toronto Defiant. Um, I think they've beaten them enough times this season that they're going to choose the Toronto Defiant. And ultimately, I think they could take it in a pretty, pretty, dis pretty decisive fashion. I'm going to give it. As much as I don't want to, I give it to Dallas 3-0. I think they managed to roll the Toronto Defiant, unfortunately. After that, I'm going to go with the San Francisco Shock pick next, because I think that's how it works. Um, and that means they have to then pick out of the Florida Mayhem, the Shanghai Dragons, and the London Spitfire. Do they pick the London Spitfire? Do they pick the Florida Mayhem? Ultimately, I think they're going to pick Florida. I, although I could see them going with the London Spitfire, 
I think that London is a scary enough team or has had an impressive enough season in comparison to Florida, who I think has faltered or looked less strong. And I think um, San Francisco has had more success against the Florida Mayhem than they have against the London Spitfire as well. So I'm going to give it to San Francisco here. I'm going to say that Florida can get at least a map off them and take it 3-1. You know what? I'm going to give it 3-2. I'm going to say San Francisco gets gets pushed to, pushed to 5 there. And ultimately, San Francisco comes out with the win, but I'm going to say 3-2. Now, that then means, if my numbers are correct and my assumptions are correct, that the Seoul Dynasty would pick next. They're picking out of the London Spitfire and the Shanghai Dragons. I don't think they want to play Shanghai. And I think that means we have a Seoul versus London matchup where could be very interesting. I think Seoul is probably the most impressive team out east. Um, I, I Obviously, I understand they are ranked first, so that seems like a natural assumption. Um, but the Shanghai Dragons have looked decent. They certainly turned the um, the Countdown Cup qualifier, sort of the way things were going. They certainly turned it around. Uh, they had a rocky start, but they did manage to, I think, spin it and make it look uh, a lot more competitive than it was prior. But ultimately, I think Seoul is still the top dog in the East, so I'm going to give it to them 3-1. And that, of course, leaves our Los Angeles Gladiators to face off against the Shanghai Dragons in what is sure to be a banger. Um Ultimately, I don't know how to feel about this one, but I'm going to, I mean, some might not say this is playing it safe, but I'm going to play it safe and say Glad's take it three to two. A uh, bit of an interesting, bit of an interesting pick there, uh, but I'm hopeful that Shanghai can put up a good fight against the Glad's. Man, I've got a lot of three twos here, don't I? Ah, not too many. Okay, two on day one, two on day two. That's, that's good. That's good. Okay, so we then move on to our elimination round one. Of course, this is November 1st, where we move into a limb round one bracket. Now on here, we start things off again at 3.30 p.m. with the Philadelphia Fusion taking on the Shanghai Dragons. Shanghai has beat Philly in the past, although Philly has beat Shanghai in the past. But ultimately, I think Shanghai has proven that at this point in time, they're the better team. So I'm going to give it to Shanghai. I'm going to give Philly some credit here and i'm going to give it to shanghai 3-2 and that of course means that the philadelphia fusion leave this playoff bracket without a win unfortunately too bad for philadelphia fusion fans of course because you know philly has a history of making it into the playoffs or just almost making it and then you know bailing at the end kind of thing um but you know if i'm reading the tea leaves correct that's what i foresee Moving on from there, 5 p.m., we have the Hangzhou Spark now facing off against the Florida Mayhem, where I think, I mean, I don't have much of a feeling of Hangzhou. I know they struggled, and they kind of made it in on a whim. I'm going to say Florida takes this 3-0. Uh, that that's just how I'm feeling. I don't think I'm not giving Hangzhou any credit. I towards the beginning of the season I was all on board with Hangzhou, and you know they've they've really struggled and disappointed in the latter half of this season. So I'm giving it to Florida 3-0. 6.30 p.m. on Tuesday, November 1st, we then would have the London Spitfire taking on the Atlanta Rain again. And this is another case where I say I always, or every time I bet against Atlanta, they win. And this time, I'm betting with Atlanta. And I'm going to say they take this over London. And I'm going to say it's a 3-1. I think London, I think their story ends here. And that means that, of course, London then uh, are out of the playoffs after only one win. And the Atlanta Rain move on, of course. Then at 8 p.m., oh man, I set this up for a rematch. Nice, I love a good rematch. 
All right, so that means then we have the Toronto Defiant facing off against the Houston Outlaws yet again. And again, I'm going to say that the Toronto Defiant come out on top. Because why not? Because I believe in Toronto Defiant over the Houston Outlaws. Obviously, I do. Uh, I'm going to say they take it 3-2 in this time. It's a little different than before, but I'm I'm going to say they come out on top. Okay, that's, that's what I'm saying. Now, moving on from there. We then head on over to November 2nd for Winner's Round 3. Nope, not Winner's Round 3. Nope, not Winner's Round 3. We're going to start things off with the Elimination Round 2, but still November 2nd. This time, 3.30 p.m., we have the Shanghai Dragons taking on the Florida Mayhem. And ultimately, I think this has got to be where Florida's run comes to an end. Um, I'll give it to Shanghai 3-1. I think that Florida doesn't necessarily have the experience to and, and you know the mental fortitude to manage a deeper run than this i think the shanghai dragons on the other hand have the experience and the history behind them to know how to combat uh, something like dropping to a limb um, and then make a deep run through the elimination bracket and that of course brings us to the atlanta rain as well playing at 5 p.m uh, against the toronto defiant and ultimately man unfortunately i think this is where toronto's run comes to an end is it a speed run or does toronto put up a little bit of a fight oof that's tough I'm going to say that it is a bit of a speed run and the Atlanta Rain come out 3-1. Not a full speed run, not a 3-0. I'm going to give Toronto a map and say it all comes to an end there on Wednesday, November 2nd. Then, of course, 6.30 p.m., still on November 2nd, we have the Dallas Fuel taking on the Seoul Dynasty in what is sure to be a banger of a match. I, I really don't have a good gauge on who wins this one because I haven't watched Seoul much this season at all. And because of that, I mean, I kind of have to give the edge to the Dallas Fuel. Um, I just I just don't know uh, Seoul well enough. And I think we've seen, although they have some, you know, although they show some dominance in the East, I think we have seen that at times they just kind of falter and, and then don't come out on top. Um, granted, Dallas is not immune to that either, but ultimately I'm going to give it to Dallas 3-1. Then our final match on no Wednesday, November 2nd would, of course, be the San Francisco Shock against the Los Angeles Gladiators. A matchup to end all matchups, a rematch of the year, given we have seen this match uh, a number of times. We've seen this match. We've seen it go to the way of San Francisco. Uh, I believe it was uh, in whatever was before the summer showdown, the kickoff clash. No, not the kickoff clash. What the heck was that tournament called? The... Midseason Madness, that's what it was. Uh, in the Midseason Madness, of course, we saw the San Francisco Shock and the Los Angeles Gladiators face off. We saw the Shock win to go to the final. We saw the Glads drop down to the limb uh, bracket. They, of course, made a run through there. Then they faced off against the Shock again and made it look like no contest. I think the Glads are the better team than the San Francisco Shock here. I've said it uh, a number of times throughout the season. I think the Glads have a more coordinated, more deep uh, uh, sort of uh, team atmosphere than the San Francisco Shock. And the San Francisco Shock rely too heavily on individual pop-off performance. So I think Glads take it 3-2. And that, of course, sends San Francisco down to the limb bracket. Now we then move on to Thursday, November 3rd, in the elimination bracket, where we would first see at 3.30 p.m., the Seoul Dynasty take on the Shanghai Dragons. Yet another rematch of the season. I know we've seen them face off a couple of times, and I think usually Seoul gets the edge. And because of that, I'm going to give it to Seoul. I'll give Shanghai the benefit of the doubt, give it a 3-2, make it a competitive match. But I think Seoul comes out on top. We then, at 5 p.m., move to the elimination bracket 
uh, round three again, where we see the San Francisco Shock take on the Atlanta Rain. And unfortunately, I think what we've seen from Atlanta is that they do eventually run out of steam, um, and they have a really hard time beating some of those teams that just tend to beat them frequently. Um, so I think Shock take this 3-1 as well. Then we go to winner's round four, where we have our uh, 6.30 p.m. match, which will see the Dallas Fuel take on the Los Angeles Gladiators. And here I have no idea what happens. Holy cow. Um, yeah, I really don't know what to put here. Like, if I have Dallas winning, then that means Dallas is making the full winner's bracket run. If I have the Glads winning, I guess, I mean, if I have the Glads winning, then they do the same thing um, and punch their ticket to the grand finals. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I really just don't know. <clears throat> I'm kind of stumped by this one. Um, hmm. Well, I'm going to say the Dallas Fuel take this. I'm going to say they take it 3-2, which means it is very competitive. And that, of course, sends the Glads to the loser's bracket. So that's our Thursday matches. Oh, wait, we have one more Thursday match, of course, because then at 8 p.m., we have to see the Seoul Dynasty take on the San Francisco Shock. Again, another match that I just have no idea what happens here. Um, I am inclined to give it to the San Francisco Shock, oddly enough. My gut is telling me give it to the Shock because then we have the... the re Pardon me. The rematch of the Shock against the Glads, which is pretty incredible. I'm going to do it. I'm going to give it to the Shock and say 3-2 Shock. And that means we then move on to November 4th, of course, Grand Finals Day, Friday, November 4th, where the San Francisco Shock take on the Los Angeles Gladiators in the elimination round five to determine who plays the Dallas Fuel in the Grand Finals. And again, you know, I just think the Glads are the better team. I'll give it to Shock and say 3-2. Uh, again, a lot of 3-2s here, which is really competitive, but just awesome to see. And that means the Glads take it and move on to the Grand Finals where they face off against the Dallas Fuel, which means we have, technically speaking, our number one and our number three seed uh, in the West, but ultimately I think the two best teams in the West facing off. First to four. Oh my God, this is incredible. If, if this is how this turns out, like, holy cow, this is what a what a good grand finals we're gonna have my my only real question is am i overestimating the dallas fuel actually no i have two questions am i overestimating the dallas fuel and number two isn't really a question more of a statement but i really didn't watch a lot of the los angeles gladiators this past stage in the the countdown cup qualifiers um i know they went four and two i believe is what i saw but i really just am not super aware of how they were performing um oh they went six and oh Holy cow. Wow, good for them. Uh, let's see. They 3-1 the Washington Justice there. They 3-1 the Boston Uprising. Okay, so, you know, not the most competitive matches there. Not the toughest opponents. Um, let's go back to week 22 where they 3 0 the London Spitfire. They 3-2 the New York Excelsior. That's a little concerning, but again, two relatively easy teams. Um and so maybe they had a bit of a strength of schedule kind of thing here. They 3-1 the Florida Mayhem, and they 3-0'd the Vancouver Titans. Okay, so they had a really, well, about as easy a schedule as you get in the uh, in the Countdown Cup qualifiers. That's interesting. 
Now Dallas, on the other hand, three ones Washington. They three zero Paris again. Easy schedule. Um, this isn't to diminish their play by any means, but ultimately they were playing you know lower ranked teams. Dallas played Vancouver. Dallas played London. Like man, both these teams had a relatively easy strength of schedule. It would seem. Um, week twenty three did uh, Dallas play? They okay. They lost to Houston, and they beat the Atlanta Rain. Wow, wow. I really don't know. This, this is a toss-up. I think I'm going to... Do I want to burn blue or do I want to follow the purple haze? Oh, boy. I think I'm going to pick my favorite here. Which team I prefer. And I think I'm going to give it to the Dallas Fuel. I'm going to say they take it. I'm going to give it seven rounds. I'm going to say it's a 4-3 for the Dallas Fuel over the Los Angeles Gladiators. Um, just an incredible incredible banger of a match that if that's how it turns out i mean first of all i'm amazing for predicting this but that would be a really impressive grand finals now granted any of these teams that i have in this sort of final section uh from about thursday well thursday and friday any of these teams advancing will mean an incredible final um you know dallas fuel los angeles gladiators san francisco shock soul dynasty um, even the Shanghai Dragons and the Atlanta Reign. I think those two are in a, a sort of a, there's a bit of a tear break between them and those other four teams I just mentioned. But I mean, that's exactly what the standings were when we look at the start of the playoffs, right? Dallas Fuel, Seoul Dynasty, San Francisco Shock, Los Angeles Gladiators. Those four teams, I think, are just in another tier, um, you know, above these other teams. So ultimately, our Lim Round 5 final, our Grand Finals, our Lim Round 4 even, um, plus, you know, our, our winners round four, I think these are going to be some banger matches. So ultimately that's my prediction. I have grand finals going in favor of the Dallas fuel four three against the Los Angeles gladiators. Um, oh boy. Oh boy. I got to lock this in. I'm locking it in right now. I have submitted my predictions. I've saved it. I, I was going to say, I want to wait until, uh, we record the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast tomorrow to see what the my co-hosts over there, Alex and Chris, think. But I'm locking it in so that we can talk about it on tomorrow's episode. So check out the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast as well as uh, One Man Watchpoint. Now, there there you go. That's, that's my prediction. I am sticking to it. I've locked it in. I have locked it in at Dallas Fuel 4 against the Los Angeles Gladiators 3. There you have it. Whew, baby, that was a that was a bit of a marathon there. Uh, why, why don't you say? Why don't we say we wrap up the show here? I stand with you. Well, there you have it. That's another episode. In fact, episode ninety-two of One Man Watchpoint and Overwatch podcast in the books. Once again, if you are a returning listener, thank you so much for your listening. Thank you so much for your continued support. Please like, subscribe, share all that jazz. Um, I would love to see the Overwatch scene build and expand, and especially the over the Canadian Overwatch League scene. Um, it would be great to see more support and more creators in that space. Um, of course, if this was your first time listening, thank you so much for listening. I am your host at Sir Doctor JM. That's at Sir D R J M. You can follow me over on Twitter, where you can tweet at me, you can DM me, whatever you've got, questions, comments, concerns, topics, inquiries, whatever you want me to talk about on the show. Uh, you know what? I'll even expand it out past uh, Overwatch and Blizzard and ga video games in general. Ask me about life, whatever you want. Um, as long as I find it an interesting question, then I'll bring it to the show and I'll read it out and I'll talk about it here. Um, I would ultimately love your support. 
You can, of course, find this podcast on all your favorite podcast services out there, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc., etc. So give us a follow, leave us a review, tell your friends, all that jazz. If you do leave us a review, I'll bring it to the show. I'll read it out on the show. Just remember, rule of thumb, if you're reviewing a podcast, give it five stars. Unless it's, you know, racist or, or some other form of of uh, uh, derogatory. Um, as long as it is a good, exciting podcast about a topic that you enjoy, give it five stars and leave us a review. Anyways, that's been your episode of One Man Watchpoint. You can catch me tomorrow recording the Ready, Set, Poem podcast, also available on podcast services everywhere. Uh, but for now, I'll just say one thing. You're on my naughty list. <laughs>